Welcome to Squeamish, the podcast that awakens your social sensibilities. Each episode, I have stimulating and organic roundtable conversations with guests about social commentary issues. Whether it's pop culture and media or social justice, I have got you covered. Today, we will be discussing what it means to be a Black queer man during this current climate and understanding what can be done as a collective to better the narrative. Hey everyone, thank you all for tuning in today. Today we have a very we have two very special guests um by the name of Brandon and Tevin. Um thank you guys so much for joining me today. <laughs> thank, you thank you for, for having us. us. Yes. Um so today we're just going to talk about what it's like to be a black queer man especially during this um current climate. Um mm-hmm. and we're just going to open up, you know, the conversation with you guys just telling me about yourself. I know a little bit, but I want the world to know. Um, so, Brandon, if you don't mind going first. Oh, of course I can go first. Um, I feel so special. Um, being a black queer man in life is exhausting, but this year is pretty uh, wig dragging, if you will, just with President Orange being who he is um, and just being very intersectional because a lot of times, you know, being queer in the black community is often frowned upon and then being in the world and homophobia can be very, very tiring. So being a black queer individual, openly, openly gay, shout outs to us who are openly gay out here. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing is finding a space where you feel comfortable as well as finding time to really just breathe especially in this world, because it could just be too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, what is your background, Brandon? Yes. So I am born and raised in Bronx, New York City. Shout out to the BX. Um, I have a bachelor's in public relations, political science, a master's in public relations. Um, I do uh, full-time poetry at this current moment, because y'all know Corona is a hot-ass mess. Um, so I just do a lot of creative stuff in the city. Tevin? Hey guys, my name is Tevin Evans, also known as Fat Chuck Bass. Um, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, so definitely dueling boroughs. Um, <laughs> I am a stylist and a model based in Brooklyn still. Um, I got my degree in theater arts, so I do a bit of acting as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think wherever there's space for me to be creative, you'll find me, because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, heavily into the arts. I think that without art, my life would not be what it is today, and I don't feel like I would be so in tuned with who I am as a person. I feel mm-hmm. like being creative and being involved in the arts has really help me to get to know who I am and to, you Mm. know, find comfort in who I am. Because, you know, through doing art, it's like you you get to bear a bit of your soul in the Mm -hmm. work that you do. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, So what does it mean for you guys to be um, to be a black queer man? For me. Being a black man comes above everything. 
Hmm. Um, When you look at me, the first thing that you do notice is that I'm black. I'm big. When you begin to talk to me and you begin to get to know me and you begin to unwrap the layers of who I am is when you find out that I'm also gay and that I'm also all of these other things. I think that, you know, I don't adhere to everybody else's like labels and boxes and things like that. I'm so much more than that. But also, I think it's so important to always acknowledge my blackness first, because there's so many people out there that would love to erase me, that would love to make it seem like our blackness is a problem or that, you know, we are less than or we don't exist. That our color is, you know, something that's not something that needs to be acknowledged. And I do understand when people say, oh, my God, like, I don't mean anything by it. I don't see color. I understand what they're trying to say, but not seeing my color is problematic in itself. Mm. Because that means that you're not acknowledging the fact that I do not have the same opportunities that you do. That means that you're not acknowledging the fact that when I walk outside of my home, that there's struggles that I am going to go through just because of the color of my skin that you will never understand. So saying that you don't see my color means that you don't see me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, being a black queer man is very interesting, very intersectional. I definitely agree with Tevin because the first thing you see is the blackness and then through discussion often like hand movement you know not everybody queer wise uses their hands I I know I'm a very handsy individual sometimes Um, Mm -hmm. so a lot of those things kind of give it away but oftentimes through discussion um, once again like Tevin said you'll figure it out and I think what makes it very interesting is the fact that the world is kind of really trying to erase every facet of it. And we have it both ways, being Black and queer, getting attacked from all sides, like I said before. And you kind of have to find a way to not get erased. Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of have to be, there has to be a willingness an unapologeticness about yourself of wanting to make noise in your own way because a lot of times you can get uh, drowned out for guy and um, be pushed to do things that you don't want to do because um, you're just trying to exist safely. So I think there needs to be a little bit of, there is a lot of, I'm going to say there needs to be, there's a lot of unapologeticness in Black queer identity throughout history Um and I think that is what makes a lot of us Black queer individuals so forethought, so forefront, so strong and willing, because we are desperately not trying to be erased by society. Um, so being who we are, you know, that can be very difficult, but we manage, you know. Um, and I think we we are we're seeing a lot of different facets. We are seen a lot of different facets of the world which is you know a blessing in itself yeah and so where do you think that um 
hatred for the LGBTQ community comes from and that sense of like the desire to, for erasure comes from? Jesus. Let me stop. Uh, <laughs> um, I, it comes from white people. Let's be honest. Um, uh, in African culture, queer identity was already existent. I mean, in, in the world, it was already existent. Like, I think a lot of times people just think the queer is the queer LGBTQ pill that their children all of a sudden took or was touched or yada, yada, yada. Came out of nowhere. The government was planning it. Trump. But in reality, like, that is not what it was for us. Um, if you pick up a book or Google, um, queer identity has been in African culture for a very long time. But where the disconnect comes from is when white people came in and not only like took us away and, you know, slave trade and we don't have to go through all that. Um, queerdom was used as a way to destroy the black man or black woman, um, by degrading, raping in front of people, in front of the whole group of your community. So demasculating, doing all types of things. So that's where a lot of the internalized hatred comes from. They just like, and I, th- I think not a lot of people understand that. I know that. I know that history. Um, and then, you know, the typical thing, you know, with that and, you know, knowing that Christianity was used to do what it does. Um, it kind of, that is also another shield that people use. Like, you know, God don't like that because boo, boo, boo. Or God don't like this because blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I think being educated and knowing those things kind of like gives you the comfortability of knowing who you are. So I think that homophobia comes from people's internal struggles with their own selves. Yeah. I think that these are people that are unhappy with who their deep down authentic self is. They're unhappy with the choices that they feel like they're making because they can't be who they are or not even to say that they can't be who they really are but they're unwilling to see what you know expressing themselves as who they truly are will bring about mm-hmm. for them they're afraid of opening that door and what it might mean will people look at them differently and stuff like that and i think that a lot of it comes from two you know, having a bunch of homophobic friends and you're looking at your friends and you're like, you know, thinking, damn, I have a crush on my friend, but here he is acting a fool when he sees a gay couple walking down the street, calling them fags and stuff. And then you're on the side looking dumb doing it too. And, you know, deep down, deep down inside, you have feelings for your friend as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it comes from people like that because why are you so bothered by it? Literally, no one is hurting you. No one is doing anything to you, but you have the nerve to open up your mouth and scream faggot. Mm. You know, and then for these people that want to throw the Bible at us and stuff like that for being gay, well, hmm, have you read the Bible? Because if you did, you would know that it's a sin to throw stones. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, while you're out here playing God and trying to judge me, (laughs) did you also realize that playing God is a sin too? Oh, drag yeah. on. <laughs> you know, so make it make sense. Like, 
when these people like you know open up their mouths to say these ignorant statements and you know try to bring god into stuff like that then you should also realize that by doing that you are not doing god's work but you're driving people away from him you're not preaching his word you're preaching false statements which is also a sin and you're being judgmental calls us not to do but, you yeah. know, they want to hide behind the guise of Christianity and make it seem like they're doing a good thing when they're absolutely being detrimental. The one thing that God calls us to do is to help lead his sheep to him. Yeah. Not drive them away. That's the devil's work. So if you want to talk about something being a sin, you want to talk about the devil's work. Well, then, sis, look in the mirror. Yeah. That all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. um, honestly truly like sometimes when these people open up their mouths i just want to drag them i really do and sometimes not just with my mouth but with my hands too like what did you say (laughs) yeah yeah um do you think that people who you know say the f word and who have these um these notions like they act this way you think that they're secretly um hiding their sexual desires their curious desires for the same sex. Basically. A lot of times, yes. Mm. A lot of times. I agree. I think a lot of the times that they are hiding something deep within themselves, or if they're not hiding something, they learn that nonsense from someone else and they're yeah. unwilling to learn. They're happy and, you know, comfortable in their ignorance and they think yeah. it's blissful. And you know what? I guess for some people, being ignorant is bliss because you're not forced to, you know, confront any of your inner demons. You're not forced to confront anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or anything like that. So, yeah, you know, nothing changes unless there's discomfort. Yeah, definitely. Um, So have you? Family and friends been supportive? Obviously, we have these people who are homophobic, homophobic, but have your, how has it been for you? Um, like your, um, have your, your, like, have you been able to come out to your family and your friends, things like that? Um, tell me to go first if you want. It's been a mix for me. For the most part, family and friends have been great. Like, I only really struggled with my mom a bit. Because she has this, like, notion that my sexuality is, like, a phase, um, that I do it because it's, like, easy. And it just doesn't make sense to me, like, you know, what would make her think that that's okay, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, get a grip of reality because what I'm telling you is what it is and it's not going to change. And if she wants to live the rest of her life in denial about it, that's okay. Um, I'll see you at my wedding when I marry a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's interesting because being with a man is not easy at all. Um, it's not. Not at all. It's hot as mess. It is. Um, my my journey. Uh, I always knew what was up. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted in my mouth. Um, oh. <laughs> the moment I saw it. Um, period. But uh, going on that journey, just knowing what you kind of don't want to, uh, I feel like uh, queer people, first of all, this thing of like coming out, like support, you know, it's kind of weird because I think it should just be treated like 
the same way like heterosexual people are like, oh yeah, that's my, oh you like girls, short boy, you know what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't have to be this whole big coming out the closet. Oh, I'm this um thing. Gasp. The, the auntie passes out because she's so shocked type of thing. Um, I think it should honestly just be a regular like, oh okay. Does he treat you right? Type of thing. Um, like, well, how's that going? Um, so for me, I came out to my friends first. Uh, I went to college and I was pretty much like, we're just going to be unapologetic. We're not doing no coming out, no closet shit. Like, we're not. That's not cute. We, we don't do that no more. So it is what it was. And if people asked me, I was like, yeah, I am. What's the, what's the problem? Is there a problem in the situation? Cause you know, a lot of times we have to be protective of ourselves. Once again, we need to have a barrier of safety and we have to always put ourselves in our safety first, considering a lot of times we are dying out here. Um, so from there, you know, I told my mother what was up as well. I was like, lady, this is what it is. This is what's up. Um, and with that, she had to take it how she took it. I definitely agree with. Tevin in the in the absolute fact that you cannot be afraid of what your parents think. Like you have to honestly live your life how you need to live. And I think that goes for just a lot of things, but just in this aspect of like quote unquote coming out, you have to be willing willing to live your truth and be comfortable with that because you only have one life. And if you waste your time trying to appease people because you don't want to be called the homo or the faggot, um, y'all can't say that, but we can. Um, (laughs) then you're going to end up 40 years old. You're going to end up 40 years old with Barbara. And now all of a sudden you coming out like, Oh, I like ass and dick. And she's like, well, why why the hell did you marry me and give me two kids? And now you, now you both in therapy. So I think it's just easier on your mental state to just really live unapologetic and live your truth. And people are always going to say something. I mean, I'm black, so people are always going to say something, period. And I'm queer. People have always said something, period. But you just have to literally have tough skin and find that safe space. And I think what makes me happy now is when I see, like, middle schoolers and high schoolers, even, like, younger than that, they already know who they are. They already snapping fingers, popping gums. Popping tongues, they got boyfriends at prom, all that. Like those are things I wish. I know a lot of people, um, 2010 down, wish they had, like wish they could have mm-hmm. done. Um, because life, imagine, like I, I, I can only imagine if I went to prom with a homie in, like looking sexy as fuck. Like we would have shut it down. Mm-hmm. You know, life and society, and that's okay. We make we make mistakes, and people learn from that. So I'm glad. Um, mm-hmm. people who are younger than us are capable of having that unapologeticness. Yeah, and I definitely feel like it saves um, the, like when they when people like the guy you mentioned um, in the hypothetical where he waited until he was forty and had kids. You know, that's still hurting the woman in the situation too. Like, right. You know, thinking about down the line what that would do if you keep waiting. You mm-hmm. know, um, but I mean, it hurts everyone involved. Right. It is, it's such a big lifestyle change for everyone. Like, right. no yeah. one's expecting for their dad or their mom to, you know, come out and be like, hey, we're getting a divorce because I'm gay and I've been lying to your mom this entire time. Like, I was never mm-hmm. really into her. It's right. hurtful for everyone around because your entire life was built around a lie. Right. Literally. Yeah. You know, yeah. I... 
I've come across quite a few people like that, especially as of recently. I feel like a lot of them are getting on apps and stuff and they're like, you know, seeking people out. And I don't know what it is, why, like, you know, I start talking to someone and then, you know, they tell me like, yeah, I, I'm sort of in a relationship with someone that I've been, you know, in a relationship with for the past, you know, 10, 20 years. And right. now I'm just kind of like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get out of it. Right. And I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm not the one for you to experiment mm -hmm. with. Sorry. Um, you can do that with someone else. Um, we can talk if and when you decide to get divorced. Um, but make it make sense. Make it make sense. You know, don't, don't, don't drag other people into your world of hurt. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, when it comes to, you know, acceptance and all of that, how does culture play into your identity and your sexuality? Um, does it tamper with your sexuality? And do you feel like you're accepted by the Black community? I think that's a very interesting question. I think at least for me, Black women, um, and I write about this, Black women have really influenced who I am when it comes to confidence, movement, sass, in a positive way, because, you know, sass could be real, really left, um, strength, determination, understanding what it means to be a Black man sometimes as well, which is very interesting. So I think in those aspects, Black culture has influenced me by looking on the other the other spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of derogatory, a lot of unlearning, a lot of self-centeredness, like, why are you doing this to me? Um, why don't you love me? A lot of me, 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 when it has nothing to do with nobody besides the person that's coming out the damn cloud, uh, coming out or being themselves. Um which is very, I'm going to keep saying this, is very interesting because once again, it's it's me. And a lot of times as human beings, we like to project ourselves onto other people and expect mm -hmm. them to do the things that we want them to do. But when they don't do it, now it's like, wow, you're hurting me because you're not doing what I want you to do. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of y'all need therapy, which I'm pretty much saying. Um, and I think that... Outside of that, I mean, no shade, no tea. I mean, black culture is really the only culture out there. Um, so I mean, my culture has done half and half for me. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about you, you white, white gays or Latinx gays that are listening to this, but you know, shout out to y'all for listening as well. Kevin. For me, I think a lot of what influences me is just, I guess, how I was raised by my parents, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, raised to be respectful, to carry myself a certain way. I mean, granted, there are things that I'm into that would probably make my parents' heads spin. <laughs> right. um, like, I love drinking. I love getting, like, white girl wasted and, like, drinking the night away. Um, you know... I think that a part of me has always, like, been influenced by that MTV culture, mm. um, like, that early 2000s celebrity culture. Mm. Like, I remember, like, I would watch things like Simple Life, The O.C., um, you know, 
the tabloids when they would be like, you know, reporting news about Paris Hilton, um, Justin Timberlake, Britney, all of these like, you know, early 2000s celebrities that were like really hot on the scene. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that, and like, let's be honest, a lot of that was white culture too. Yeah. Um, A lot of that has influenced me in, you know, certain ways um, that I do things. Um, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, there's not many black people that I would see getting up on, like, you know, a bar top or um, a bar chair and dancing in a club or something like that, or taking your shirt off and stuff like that. And that's me. You know, <laughs> so, like, if I'm dancing and I could take my shirt off, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there's many videos of, like, me getting, like, drunk with friends and stuff like that. And that's just my norm. It's just fun for me. It's, mm-hmm. you know, some people would say it's putting on a character for them and stuff like that. And it's not putting on a character because I'm the same way around my family when there's a party. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mm-hmm. another part of me. Right. You know? And then... There's also the part of me who's, like, super-duper antisocial. I hate everyone. I, like, go to parties, and I don't want to be around anyone other than my friends. Um, And, like, you know, I guess sometimes maybe part of me, I get drunk because it's a little easier to stomach being around people I don't like. Mm. And working in fashion. Yeah, like, working in fashion, I find myself around a lot of people that I don't care for, a lot of people that I find to be frauds, um, and a lot of people that I find to be, um, a lot of people that I find to be very hard to stomach. Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. a nice way of putting it. Um, So I, you know, go to events and stuff and I just don't really want to be there. Sometimes I bail on an event in like five minutes I make my rounds, I say hi to whoever invited me, and then I leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that's kind of me. Like, it's it's like, it's such a black and white thing when it comes to my social life and stuff like that, because I can 100% be your life of the party. Mm-hmm. And I could 100% be on the other side of it and just not want to be around you and look at you and make you feel like, you are like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, do you feel like you're like when you're in those spaces, your sexuality comes into play or is it very much like I'm just heaven here living my life. People would not even know about that aspect of me. Well, I think um, as far as men go in fashion, I think it's just assume that you're gay. Mm. Um, I don't think, like, people really um, question it or um, I guess when people, like, they see me on social media, I don't think that I give off, like, one type of vibe. I think that, you know, I have a vibe and that's just me. Um, So maybe when, when they meet me in person, depending on the day, maybe they're surprised that I'm a little more calm and that I'm you know, dressed in something that's a little more muted because there are days when 
all I want to do is wear all black and, you know, that makes me happy. And then there are the days where I want to throw on a silver t-shirt and be flashy as hell. Yeah. So I think it really, it depends on my mood. It depends on how I feel. It depends on the emotions that I'm going through and what I wear. And I think that that would like be an indication of my sexuality. And then even still, some of the guys that you see dressed in the most feminine way are straight. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Young Thug and his whole dress. Oh my God. Yeah. Even Takashi69, we would think. Someone could say that too about him. Um, well, that just looks like it, it. He gives me club kid, right? Crackhead. <laughs> heavy on the crack. <laughs> yeah, heavy on the crack. Uh, yeah. Um. So, what are the misconceptions um, that people have about, you know, what it means to be queer? Yeah, we like all our friends. Mm. Like queer people, like I don't know why. Niggas, y'all can't say that if you're not black. Um, I don't know why <laughs> niggas be thinking that we like all of our friends. And I just be saying there like, y'all all ugly. No shade to the friends. But I'm no, like, y'all not my type. Like, yeah. and I mean, I'm also like just generally picky. Um, but I think there's a stereotype like, oh, you like me, so da da da. And then that also like leads into what Tevin was talking about before, like you not knowing how to live your own truth and all those types of things. So when you hear that, you you assume that the person that is queer is like, oh, they like you and they probably want to fuck you the whole time or they was looking at you and yeah, 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 yeah. And that goes on down a rabbit hole. But I think that's definitely like one big thing that a lot of straight people, especially straight men, think all the time. All right. Full shade to the friends that think that because you're gay, you're into them. Like, I don't understand what would make them think that they right. are, you know, that special that because I say that I'm gay, that automatically means that I'm into you. Have you on that special. Like, please have several seats. Please humble yourself. Right. You know, and you know, you don't compare what you can't compete. Amen. Like, I don't know where where they get off on this notion. Like, maybe you know they need to stroke their ego a little bit while trying to put you down for mm-hmm. some nonsense. Like, but make it make sense. It's just it's, it's so uncool to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's also how friendships get ruined. Mm-hmm. Because you're projecting yeah. something, you know, onto me that does not exist. Yeah. And um, I do have a question. Do you, in terms of cis heteronormative men or even just cis heteronormative black men, do you have a good rapport with them? Like, do you feel comfortable around them? Do you feel like you can join in a conversation with them? For me, myself, and I, shout out to Destiny's Child, um, <laughs> I think that I have a pretty good track record with some men, but I think with that has come a lot of understanding, a lot of knowing who I am, you know what I'm saying, 
So there's an un- like there's literally an understanding that this is what my identity is. I don't fucking like you. Um, there's trust, all those types of things. Have I been around um, men that be like, ooh, HIV, AIDS, ooh, gay, you know, don't touch me? Yeah, surely, and especially black men. So it's just like, you know, I I think that also goes back into what I said before, like comfortability. Like, I don't think, I never wanted to be the type of person who's like, you know what, I just had to have my queer black friends, and that is it. You know, I like to be able to surround myself with different type of people because that's how different type of thought and ideas and growth is, like, you know, created. Once again, that's only because, you know, I'm comfortable around some people. If you ain't comfortable with it, you got to go with what you know. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful, and a lot of them would whoop a lot of ass for anybody that would be homophobic to me. So it's great to have a lot of people like that willing to go fight for me. Um, but once again, you have to have, you have to be very comfortable who you surround yourself with. And once again, queer identity is very survival. Um, cause once again, a lot of people want to kill us. So I'm just very thankful to have that. I will say. Yeah. Um, it's a bit different, I guess. Um, I'm very much comfortable around straight cisgendered men. Um, black, white, doesn't really matter. Right. I'm also in a fraternity, so a lot of my brothers are straight. You know, there are a couple of gay brothers that I have, you know, thank God for them, because it's, oh again, you know, we're not looked at as being anything but brothers, but it's just cool that I do have those um gay brothers that we can talk about certain stuff or, like, cut ass on the other guys, and it's cool. And then it's just like a thing between us. Like, we don't take it so seriously. Like, you know, I know for some people, like, being gay is like a personality trait. And it's right. not that for me. Um, mm-hmm. We can, you know, joke about my gayness and stuff like that and it not be offensive. I know for some people that is like taboo. Like, if you do that, that is like the worst thing in the world. And it's just not like that for me. You know, being gay, again, like I said before, being gay is a part of who I am, but it's not a defining thing of who I am. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like, whatever. So, yeah. you know, when when I say something like, yeah, I'm so hyped, I just got a new pair of shoes, like, you know, I'll laugh when they'll be like, bro, that's so gay, you know? Because it's like no big deal to me. It's just like, it's one of those things like, yeah, I'm, I'm your, you know, guy's guy. Like I'm down to go play football and stuff like that. Do I really want to watch football? No, I rather, you know, we go out on the field and play. Or, you know, I sometimes just want to like bro out and chill, play cards and things like that. Right. You know, but I'm also going to be like, let's go shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, or let's talk about my outfit because I spent time getting dressed up, you know, so it's like yeah. simple things like that. And, you know, the guys are really cool about it. Like no one makes it a big deal about my sexuality. No one mm-hmm. makes me feel alienated because I'm gay or anything like that. It's just really chill. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, so there's a misconception, you know, of, of being gay as being feminine. 
Um, do you see yourself as being um, more feminine or more masculine or just masculine? And what does masculinity mean to you? Tevin, you can slay that one right now. <laughs> I see myself as just being a guy. Like, yeah. I'm not masculine. I'm not feminine. I am just me. Like, I'm chill. I do whatever I want. Um, I'm down to go play with bugs and, you know, play in the dirt, get my hands dirty. I like manual labor. I like working with power tools and stuff. Yes, I can name most of the, you know, tools in a toolbox and stuff like that. I do know how to build things out of wood and use power tools and table saws and stuff like that, which are skill sets that just any guy should have. I believe it's not like a feminine or a masculine, you know, thing. It's just a, if you're going to own a home or, you know, live in your own place, you should know how to use these things so you can fix and build things within your home and Mm -hmm. not have to always outsource that labor. Um, But yeah, I feel just as comfortable with doing those things as I feel comfortable with playing with my doll collection, you know, Mm -hmm. I have a massive collection of dolls and stuff like that. And do I feel like it's emasculating or anything like that? No. And I think that maybe it's even more, you know, masculine that I play with dolls because it's just such a dope thing. And I'm so unapologetic about it. Like, what what do I look like hiding that? You know, it's something that fuels my creativity. It's something that makes me happy. And it's something that also gives me a platform to express myself in a different way. Yeah. And I think that there's strength in, you know, knowing who you are, knowing the things that you like, and, you know, enjoying them in a positive way. Yeah. That's that's dope. I honestly, side note, I, like, love dolls, but I haven't played with them in years. And I thought, like, maybe because I'm, like, 23 like maybe I shouldn't be playing with dolls but you're definitely inspiring me to go back into possibly looking at my dolls again (laughs) look doll play is an ageless thing you know and the best part about it is is like I mean Barbie was my first love Barbie (laughs) was what helped me to realize what I wanted to do with my life and I say this all the time, had it not been for Barbie, I probably would not have known that styling was a career path. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing about it is, just like us in real life, Barbie and these dolls change to fit the times. They're mm-hmm. ever changing, ever growing. And it's so cool. When I look back at Barbies from my childhood, they're like this beautiful little slice of the 90s that's forever immortalized in this little piece of plastic yeah that is um, for me first of all I, I was never a barbie a doll or toy person i think that my parents my parents were like you don't like playing with toys and i was a child I was like no Oof. <laughs> i did not like it um my brother was more of the toys and legos and action figures type of person i was like let's just watch tv um uh i definitely agree i'm just a man um and if anything i'm just like a 50 50 balance of it all um 
And I love that about me. I, I surely, surely do. Because, you know, one minute I could be cross leg, hands up, earrings dangling, all that set, all that beautiful stuff. And the next minute I could post up and be ready to whoop your ass. So I love that um, switch about me because I think a lot of times when people see queer people, there's only femme. And um, if you have never seen a Twitter thread of a bunch of queer people just whooping homophobic people's asses from them being the smallest to the largest, that video will teach you we will whoop anybody's ass regardless of whatever you see us as. So be wary of that Um, and treat us with respect because we once again will whoop your ass. Uh, and I think black masculinity in this new age is being redefined. Uh, I do think heavily is still, un- it's still unlearning itself from being toxic, um, as a society. But at least for me, black masculinity has just been being comfortable with yourself, um, and just understanding your blackness, understanding yourself, which, you know, depending on the person depends on what you learn. Obviously, there's queer identity here, so knowing what, like, being queer and black means, knowing what being queer means, knowing what being black means, because the more you know, the more you're able to be in tune with yourself, be on the same wavelength, and just be your your best self possible, which is always a goal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So by knowing all those things, it, it makes my being my black masculinity, if that's what we call it, like, better. Because it allows me yeah, to educate yeah. people who are younger than me um, that, especially black men, that are finding themselves and trying to understand what it means. So a lot of times if you don't, you know, if you don't have a positive father in your life, a positive male role model in your life, black masculinity can often get just lost in the cracks. And you yeah, have yeah. and you find the closest thing to masculine as possible. Um, so to be able to, like, be so in tune with myself, um, be able to do those things whenever those things arise. It's a blessing, you know what I'm saying? Um, because once again, it's important to be unapologetic and it's important to know who you are. Um, especially if there was any time in 2020 with all this time we have had to be in a damn house and, and not get yeah, sick, yeah. thankfully, this is the best time to know who you are. Um, and really sit mm-hmm. down and be self-aware and ask yourself the tough questions of what it is. Um, life is hard. But and I think, but I do think life gets a little bit easier when you know who you are. Yeah, when you're more yeah. secure with yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do. I feel like people do think that like people that male and females, like just anyone, gender, whatever the gender you decide to be, like that. There's you have to either be masculine or feminine. Like everyone has masculine and feminine qualities to them, you know? And I think the people who learn how to understand that you can have both and balance them are actually more interesting and have more to offer, um, not only for themselves, but for their community and, like, the world, you know? Because mm-hmm. they're, like, secure. Like, they know that it doesn't... Them them being more masculine or more feminine isn't, like, um, a crippling factor, you know? And I mm-hmm. think even Toolbox um, point that you made, um, Tevin, like women are now learning how to change tires and, you know, change doors and know how to take care of their home without having to rely on a man to do those things. And like the um, gender roles are being like, there's, they're really, they're being like um, fuzzy now because everyone is just doing their part to just get, get by and just do what they have to do, you know? So I definitely agree with you guys. Um, 
I I have a question to ask, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because in being comfortable with my masculinity and my, you know, femininity, it makes me wonder why there's such a heavy emphasis now on people who are non-binary because the way it was explained to me is that they don't adhere to, you know, gender norms, right? Mm -hmm. And I completely understand that because neither do I. I really don't care. Like, if I feel like, you know, painting my pinky nails black, I'm going to paint my pinky nails black because it made me feel cool. If I feel like wearing a sheer shirt, I'm going to wear a sheer shirt. If I, let me see, if I feel like dyeing my hair, I'm going to do that. You know, things that sometimes people associate with being more feminine than masculine or stuff, you know, whatever in general. But um, I don't understand sometimes the need to, like, place an emphasis on that if you don't adhere to gender norms, you don't adhere to gender norms, you know. If you want to wear a dress, you can wear a dress. But the use of the plural um, pronouns sometimes feels awkward for me because I'm not talking to, you know, multiple people. I'm talking to you. So um, in dealing with friends like that, I tend to just say their name. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, you know, singular use. Um, and you can't tell me that I, like, mistaked your pronoun. I'm just using your name. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just something that, you know, um, I'd, I'd like to understand. I know that some people would argue, like, oh, it's just not meant for you to understand. Um, if you really wanted to understand it, then you would just know that you have to accept it for what it is. But I don't think that it works like that. That's just, like, you know, with explaining to someone, you know, my identity as a, you know, gay man. Like, you know, I would like for them to understand that not because I identify as a gay man means that I'm anyway, you know, in any shape or form into you. Um, I am not in any way, shape or form, um, you know, going to adhere to whatever stereotype it is that you may think of me and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so it's just, it's something that I'm very curious about. And I yeah. feel like maybe, you know, in the future, there's someone that can have that conversation with me that can enlighten me a little more. But, mm. yeah. So, like, the question is, like, why do people have, like, um, like, why is there, like, um, a, a emphasis on, like, putting gender onto, like, people? Yeah. Mm, okay, I think, I mean, I, I honestly, I see what you're saying, like, people should, you should just be what you want to be and have your own gender, and, like, that should be your thing, like, it doesn't, I don't think there needs to be a a box, um, per se, but I feel like some people might argue, like, oh, well, I, it's, it's difficult, it's, like, easier to just say he, she, and, like, this is just, it's, like, putting someone in that box is makes life easier. It's usually just making it easier for the person who feels who conflicted. doesn't want to right. be comfortable with it. Exactly. Like yeah. for me, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think of 
when when I think of my friends, when I think of people, I don't really think of them in the sense of like, oh, you are, you know, male or female. I just, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know how to describe my way of thinking. Just that you see them as people. people, pardon me? So you see them as just like plain people. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. As a person. Yeah. You yeah. know, my friends are my friends and what we do is what we do. And that's, that's what makes our friendship work. That's what makes it so great because we are differing. You know, we do, we all do different things. Like, you know, one of my best friends, um, you know, she uses she, them pronouns. She's a cisgendered woman, but there are some masculine traits that she has. Like she's, you know, they would, they would, you know, normally associate, like, aggression with being a man, right? Mm. And she's down to, you know, scrap with anybody who feels the need to, you know, do wrong by her. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make her any less of who she is, you know, within her gender identity or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't think of it as anything... You see, when I start talking about it, that's where it gets really confusing. Mm, yeah. It's like people just place such a big emphasis on it and instead of just doing them. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is about it is that, like, the like the human thought process is so versatile. Like, there's so many – everyone has different opinions, you know? And, like, we would, I would wish that the world thought like you where it was just, like, just – mind your business and like if they want to be called that then they're going to be called right. that like but not everyone thinks that way and is a willing to even think that way so you know um but i guess since we're on that topic how do you think that we should you know hold um cis heteronormative people accountable and um yeah especially a lot of people i've, I've had conversation with friends who are um who are gay and they talk about how like you know the woman like when women are in, like cis heteronormative women are in relationships with, um, you know those men. When the man says the f word or says something disrespectful, she doesn't say anything, and so it's like you need to like speak up. How do you, like, how do you hold people accountable? Whether not just like the woman, but the man as well. Well, number one, she's complacent, so she's part of the problem too. Because uh, here's one thing that I've noticed. A lot of these women love to brag about having their, you know, gay best friend or their GBF and all that nonsense, right? But then their man's out here calling, you know, calling us a faggot and all sorts of stuff. And then they don't say anything. You're complacent. And therefore, you are not my friend. You cannot be my Mm -hmm. friend if you're going to be complacent in that nonsense because it means that you don't stand up for me, which means that you stand up for nothing. Because best believe if your man was hitting you and doing all sorts of nonsense to you, guess who would be standing by your side? Guess Mm -hmm. who would be at that door, you know, helping you get your bags and stuff and get to some place where you can be safe? Yeah. You know? And as far as, you know, the guy that does that stuff goes, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to deal with you, but I will tell you that what you're doing is not okay. And, um, you know, if you're going to come into a space where I am, you are going to respect me. And whether it be that I am in your home as your guest, you should have respect for me as well. Who I am 
you know, my personal life should have no effect on you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. I think one, I need people to mind their business. Um, I think going back into what I said before, I think everybody likes to project themselves on people and be like, well, he's usually be doing that because that's not what men do. Um, when don't, when really the man you're talking about is you, um, right. and that just goes down a whole ass rabbit hole discussion. But I think when holding people accountable, starting with men, I think there needs to just be in tune with and understanding yourself more. I think a lot of times a lot of black men don't even know who they truly are. So once this big thing we keep talking about, if we don't know who you are, that uncomfortability with people that do know themselves is going to anger you and frustrate mm-hmm. you. Um, so I think a lot more people need to take the time to find out who they are. Um, this is for men in any community um, to make the lives of people in their community that are queer safer. Um, and that stuff just comes with, if you like trans individuals, be confident in you liking them. If you like queer, queer individuals, be confident in you liking them. Um, I know, I do understand that people don't like labels and stuff, but literally what we were just talking about, um, which is absolutely fine. You know, you have to live your life how you need to live it comfortably. But you have to, there has to be a confidence in it that I need more men in general to have so we can be safer out here. And I think also the last thing for them is that you need to hold people men in your circle that are heterosexual just like you accountable like there needs to be more of an accountability and i definitely want to take it a step further there needs to be more of accountability outside of social media like a lot of it's it's so easy to be able to get on social media um and be like you know queer lives black queer lives matter black women mm-hmm. matter yada 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 but when it's in person and your bro is saying this or, you, or you're surrounding yourself with people that do this and that it's still sitting there silent it doesn't really help nobody all you're doing is been sitting on social media doing the same thing that when we talk about Black Lives Matter, white people do the same thing or white corporations do the same thing. There needs to be a more active participation um, from people to actually make it a real change. Um, I think looking, looking at women that are cis and heterosexual, I think once again, a big thing is accountability. Um, I do fully understand that black women, they have a lot of fucking shit going on. So mm-hmm. I do understand, um, when there can be a lot of, I would love to, but I have a lot going on over here, but I think we need to like stop doing the, I have a lot going on here and like type of thing. We all need to watch out for each other because mm-hmm. that is really, because when we talk about community and black people are a community, community group of people. We need to be able to do that more so that we're capable of having an active thing going on in life. Um, and I would just say uh, for that, that's really it. I, um, and just like watch the homophobic stuff. Um, yeah. and I can be like, you know, I wrote like, a lot of times when women date off the devil, they won't know, but they date like bi men. It's like, oh, he's going to cheat on me with a man. It's like, no, girl. He's going to cheat on you, period. Like, if, if that's what he's going to do. It's not about sexuality. It's just you yeah. use the sexuality as a scapegoat to make it seem better. And that is internalized homophobia there. Because your problem is not the fact that he's going to cheat on you. The problem is he's going to cheat on you with a man. Mm. And you need to figure that out. Because yeah. that's not you. 
Um, and same thing, like, I, I've seen women a lot of times just use a lot of homophobic slander and stuff like that. And I'd be like, oh, it's a joke. Or, you know, I did a, um, no. I think the last thing I have to say is, um, know where the jokes actually work. So well, when they say it's a joke, the joke's on right. them because they are the joke. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times people use, like, oh, I say that around my, 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 my queer gay friend. Okay, that's because they allow it, and I think a lot. Of, I think that is where a lot of a lot of shit goes wrong, just in any facet yeah, of things. Because and I and I know there's a lot, oftentimes, a fear from a lot of different minority groups that might be lower than the person that is making the joke. Um, it's, there's a fear of not wanting to get ostracized. So you know, if I just let them say it, it's fine, we need to yeah. stop doing that because when they go out into the world and say something, at least to me, I'm gonna look at them like, what is wrong with you? Because I will slap you. I will slap fire out of you. So I really yeah. need to watch what you say. Um, yeah. And that is just for a lot of things. Um, just a lot of aspects, but in this queer identity, black queer identity aspect that we're talking about right now, a lot of y'all be out here saying like the shit or be on, just don't joke. Um, Let me tell you, I had a white friend who said something um, that a black person on her job found to be offensive. And then called me to, like, you know, vent to me and talk about it, right? And so I'm listening to her talk about it and stuff like that. And I could tell, like, clearly she was bothered by it. Um, And she was bothered by the fact that she had to go speak to HR about it, too, because the girl reported her. I think what she failed to realize is that, okay, you may not have meant something in a certain way, but you did say it. And it did cause this person to feel some type of way. And so they reported you, which is well within their right, because it did not sit right with them. And that's completely okay. It's just the same when you have these Karens walking around the place lying and reporting people for things that they did not do or say, Mm -hmm. just because they don't like the fact that you told them no. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like the same thing of like, you know, that white friend who has a black friend and that black friend says, yeah, you can say the N word. And then they go and say the N word to another black person that they don't know. And they, you know, gobble every white black person up and say that, well, if that one person, one black person said, I can say it, then why are you upset? You know, so it's like, no, like, just don't ever say it. Don't ever be disrespectful, like that kind of thing. Um and when it comes to like people who have said homophobic things and who have been rude or disrespectful to the LGBTQ community, um, do you believe in redemption? Do you believe like do you believe that people can change and things like that? Or like are you um are you open to the idea of like people being forgiven for that past? Like if they've shown like actively that they're doing better or trying to be better? Yeah. I think I think there's unlearning. Unlearning is very possible. I don't. I think a lot of older people use the excuse that oh, I can't um, change who I am because I'm already this age. I think I fully disagree with that because growth is never ending until you die. So I think you can unlearn a lot of stuff. I think that if you're actively showing it, if you're showing it in person, once again, not just on social media, you're educating yourself without asking. Um, the person to educate, like, what do I need? Like, no, people need to stop doing that. Go, go Google. Google is free. If you're doing those things, then I, I highly, I highly, highly agree that you can unlearn and you just make sure at the end of it all, you apologize and you show what you learned. Like, 
No, but not like, I've learned this and I know this more than you because boo boo. You're just like, oh, I'm sorry. I did boo 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 blah. I'm taking these steps to learn. I, I, I hope we could get back. Boo, boo, boo. Like something subtle. Not like, I know I'm a know it all, which a lot of motherfuckers like to do out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. I think that there is redemption. Um, if you are actively trying to learn, if you are actively trying to change, if you are actively trying to understand where I come from, yeah. You know, there's no problem in that. You know, but if you make, you know, you, like a lot of people love to make these like apology statements, right? A lot of companies, Mm -hmm. when they do something wrong, they like to, you know, make those empty apologies because it's like, right. You know, if you pull one of those, I'll call you out too. Right. But if you are actively trying to do better, you're trying to learn, you're asking me, how can I do better? How can I change my actions? How can I not be offensive to you while still maintaining my beliefs? You know, why don't you go read upon what it is that you feel is so wrong and understand why I'm telling you the way that you feel towards me is wrong? Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Things like that. It's just the same as if, like, you know, um, like how everybody was ostracizing Chinese and Asian people because of coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people were, you know, making some really mean remarks about them, oh, calling it the China virus. Of course, you know, right. the, um, <clears throat> the President Cheeto um, did that quite frequently, and it was really disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, doing things like that, you know, take the time out to learn that that's not the case and understand that that's not appropriate. Yeah. You know, and if you show, again, if you show that you're willing to learn and understand why your actions were not appropriate, why your actions were offensive and caused someone to feel the way that they felt, then there's redemption. And of course, apologize. Yeah. And mean it. And mean it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talked earlier about like internalized homophobia. Um, Is there internalized homophobia within the LGBTQ community? Oh, hell yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. That's the DL. We call them the DLs. Um, primarily, they're the ones with the most. Um, because they, they want to be down. It's like, it's like with our white friend that want to be down, but in public, they, they, they can't be down in public because they don't want to be associated with you. That's who kind of what the DL people are. Like they, they keep, they do everything that, that queer people do in their house. But they, they, they only do it in this, in their house. So like outside of the house space, like it's no face, no case. I don't know you. Don't act like you know me out here. Ill, gay. Don't touch me, faggy. Like those are the things that like that is what it is outside the house. Um, and that once again, if you have not learned anything from this episode on this podcast, if you do not love yourself, <laughs> girl, you're going to be mad at everybody else. So that is usually why. They are the way they are. Um, and I think outside of that, there's just a little linger of internalized homophobia stuff. So like 
sometimes for me, like holding hands is like something like a thing for me. So I'm like, why am I holding hands? Like I feel weird. But I'm like, you you feel uncomfortable for holding hands because you have been taught to not hold men men hands and yada 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 yada. So I think that like a little salt thing for a lot of us that are out there, like that are like free and confident. But I think a lot, a big chunk of it is usually the DL people. Yeah. For me, I'll, I love holding hands. The only time I feel weird about holding hands is when I don't really like you. Oh, shout out to that. Because then it just it doesn't feel right. Right. You know, it's like, why am I holding on to your hands? I feel like holding someone's hand is such, like, a sacred thing. That I don't want to just hold anyone's hands because it's like a thing of pride. It's me claiming you as my own. So, like, why am I holding on to your hands if I don't really feel that way towards you? Like, let's not get those emotions twisted. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like, you know, like Brandon said, you have these DL guys who, again, they have gotten to the point where they want to fraternize with us guys who are out of the closet and stuff like that. You know, and, you know, happily living our lives, and they want to do all of that behind closed doors. You know, and I'm not going to lie, like, I've had my fair share of experiences with guys like that, and I think that it's completely stupid. Yeah. And again, it's just as ignorant as the guy who, you know, runs about the police, you know, detesting, you know, homosexual lifestyles and stuff. Right. Because whatever reasons, you're, you're basically doing the same thing to yourself and the person that you're interested in. Like, why exactly can't we go to the bar? You do realize that there are straight men that have gay friends. That no one's going to look at, you know, the two of us and be like, oh, they're a couple. You know, it is normal for two guys to go out to a bar and have a drink and watch a game. It is normal for two guys to, like, you know, just hang out. Period. You know, they act like because, what, because I'm not throwing around a basketball with you? Or, you know, maybe they're even afraid to bring you to play basketball or something. It's just a bunch of, like, for lack of better terms, foo-foo lame shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, make it make sense. Y'all look dumb. Yeah. Um, is there a hierarchy um, within the LGBTQ community? Yes. Yes. White gays first. Then Asians. Um, then it also depends on body size. But usually the black people only really go for dick. Mm. Or ass. And I mean, even in like for um, plus size guys, like, oh, yes. you know, there's a major hierarchy. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's so clicky and stuff, too. Like, I don't know. I just, I live in my own little fantasy world where I just do whatever I want to do. And I just, yeah, I guess that sort of adds to why I can be, you know, Pretty antisocial. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. The hierarchy is a hot ass mess. Um, I think it's just, I think sometimes, 
Uh, I think something that the community needs to know the difference of is a preference. Like, what's the difference between a preference and, like, you just being a bitch? And I think a lot of times people mistake their preferences for, like, oh, I just like that because I like it. Like, no. Like, don't get me wrong. There are preferences. Oh, like, I like my guy to be, like, 5'11", you know, regular shit. Nothing that's, like, too crazy. I think when you – I think a lot of times – a lot of us tends to just be very, very like this, 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 and that. Like where it's like, I think you're being like not preferencey anymore. I think a lot of us are like that. So that's where a lot of the hierarchy is. And I definitely agree with Tevin when it comes to plus size men where it's like, ooh, no. Um, I ain't really into that. Like it's not a play. Like it's not a form of sex. Like having sex with a plus size man is not like a fetish. Even though some people have finishes. Like it that's who they are. That's like that is their existence. So for you to be like denying that and putting that at the bottom of the barrel, it's like girl, like you are not the sweetest cookie in the jar either. Look at how you mm-hmm. looking. So you need to mind your business and go sit your ass down. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a like like there's a preference in terms of like I've been hearing like a lot of people it's more socially acceptable to be like a lesbian than like to be um you know a, a gay man or um to be a trans woman like things like that is there like a hierarchy in that aspect is that statement true in terms of what people like the misconceptions people think time and time again in movies and stuff people are easily willing to accept and fetishize two women kissing and i'm not talking about you know a woman that's on the more masculine side who shaves her head and stuff like that i'm talking about two women who are very feminine in their appearance and stuff Mm -hmm. like that making out and stuff like that and it's fetishized Mm -hmm. and people go crazy the minute that they see they see two men kissing it doesn't matter what they look like it doesn't matter you know what their body type is or anything like that the minute that it's two men people are up in arms about it the same guys that you know scream faggot and stuff like that will gleefully watch two women kiss mm-hmm. and detest the same if they see a man do it mm. I agree. Period. And I think, like, again, race does play a thing to it, too, because it's like they love to see white women do things like that. It's almost like a party trick that they pull out. Yeah. So there's currently an epidemic happening in the um, uh, LGBT community in terms of trans women getting killed every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, record high numbers um why do you guys like why is this like you know why is this happening and you know how do we how as a like collective just anyone how can we send love to them and how can we like help during like this time to stop that Brenda, do you mind if i go first no you can go slay that um so again internal internalized homophobia um the unwillingness to see trans women for who they are and Mm -hmm. to understand that it is okay to be attracted to that person, no matter what their past life may have been. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think another part of it too is that um, there are some trans women who do try to hide the fact that they're trans. Um, and so they put themselves at that risk. I think when it comes to that and knowing how people react and knowing what's up with how, you know, some people behave when they find out that you're trans, just try your hardest not to put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put yourself in harm's way. Be transparent about things. And if that guy decides that he doesn't want you for you, then he was never meant for you. You know, there is going to be a guy out there that is going to love you wholeheartedly, every single inch of your body, every fiber of your being. There will be a guy out there, if being with men is what you choose, that will love you for you. So what what would you what do you say to Tina um you know trans women who probably are afraid to even be like come out because they might actually that might them coming out to that man might put them in harm's way you know I mean again it's a risk that we all play because the same thing goes for gay men when we you know meet a guy on an app and we make the decision to meet with him that we do take a risk because we never know who that person really is on the other side of the screen. Yeah. We can video chat with them all all we want, you know, the image of the person can match up, but we never know what they're thinking. We never know what their plans are. We you know, we only hope. So, yeah. you know, that's another thing like again, transparency. If you're going to go meet with someone, let someone know. Have a friend, you know, be on a time schedule. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to message you at 10 p.m. If I don't message you at 10 p.m., call me. And don't stop calling me until I pick up. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. You have to find ways of keeping yourself safe. You have to find ways of, you know, finding some sort of normalcy to all all of this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do I do understand the fear. I may not understand the fear as a trans person because I'm a cisgendered man, but I do understand the fear of, you know, opening yourself up to someone like that and sharing that intimate, you know, part of you. But mm-hmm. it is something that you should do with a partner so that you save yourself that future pain of maybe, okay, so he likes you, he's in love with you, and you guys are about to be intimate, and you're wondering what is he going to do when he finds out that you're trans. You know, let him know. Let him know. Like, you know, give him that opportunity to say yes or no to you, because that's the other thing. The opportunity to say yes or no means a lot to some people. I know that that means a lot to me. Um, but I would say is, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all niggas out here killing our sisters bad, so I really need y'all to figure out what the fuck is wrong with y'all. Um, cause trans, black, trans women, especially black trans women die at abnormally high rates, um, which is very much a problem. Um, 
in regards to my trans sisters and my brothers as well, I fully believe you need to do what you need to do to protect yourselves. Um, so you must do whatever, however that might may look like for you. It does definitely disclose disclosing your identity a little bit before getting into the bedroom. Then that is what you need to do. Or if you feel like it might not go there, then you know you, you do what you, you do. You have to do what's best for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. think you need to also do what is safest for you. I think there is love out there for all of us. I think when in this community, for all of us that are in the LGBTQ community, love looks very bleak oftentimes because of the lack of safety and people and homophobia and those types and transphobia, all those things. So love looks very weird. So, you know, oftentimes, like Tevin said, when we go on these apps and we do those things, I'm not saying we're always looking for love. Sometimes we just want to dig up our asses or, and, and pussies or whatever fuck, and we leave. Um, but there's also an underlying thing of, of, look, of searching for love. So I think, once again, putting it in safety, be careful where you go with that safety. Um, and to people that are not part of the trans community, Bitch, leave my sisters alone, like dead ass, like dead ass. Um, especially the niggas, especially the niggas, because I think the thing is, they're black men, right? I mean, not just black men. I mean, primarily, um, for what I've seen on the news, but um, it just be niggas in general. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using niggas as a multitude word in this category. Y'all niggas still can't say it, um, <laughs> but. If you don't know, once again, if you do not know who you are and you're embarrassed, then you need to not delve in anything over here in the Alphabet City. Like, you need to come over to the Alphabet City when you actually are comfortable and just want you, and I, you just want to see. I understand. Don't get me wrong. We all like to try new things and dip and dabble. Oh, maybe I like that. Maybe I like this. But if you're going to dip and dabble, you have to be like, you can't be afraid to dip and dabble. Like you, you gotta understand if you dip and dabble and somebody find out you dipping and dabble, you gotta be okay with that. Um, like mm-hmm. because when people find out, that is when they start coming out here killing and losing their minds. Or she trapped me, or that's the man, and they start getting crazy. All don't like no, 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 no. You know what you was doing, and you know what you had when you went over there. So mm-hmm. don't act brand new now, and now you you about to take it to twenty and kill kill them. That's usually what happens. That is uh, 90% what happens. 90%. Um, and if you ain't in the alphabet city and you don't want to dip and dabble, mind your motherfucking business, bitch. Mind yeah. your business. Mind your business. Mind the business that pays you. And if you're not getting paid, that's where you need to mind it at. Like, so many times people want to, that don't even be in the community, want to add their two cents. All you need to do is sit there and protect. Sit there, yeah. but the same way white people be the shields at Black Lives Matter and be the shields in the arms and be in the front of it, they know that the white officer is less likely to whoop their ass than a black person. That is what y'all need to do. Just sit in the front, be the human chain, and let us live in peace. That's all we want to yeah. do. That's all yeah. we want to do. Um, and if if you want to take it a step forward further, you got some coin, go donate to to. There's a bunch of trans foundations. Um. That, that get help with jobs, help with prison stuff, help with homes from abusive homes, queer stuff as well. Go do those things. 
if you got coin. <laughs> and, and, you know, some white people, y'all like to feel extra happy when, you, you know, y'all, y'all really like to give gifts. So, you know, that's where y'all need to go if you feel like giving, giving. Mm. Do you feel mm-hmm. like um, the hatred of womanhood comes um, plays into um, the hatred towards um, queer people, trans women? Um, uh, yes. Definitely agree with that. Um, I think man is the hierarchy at the top of the totem pole, and usually everything else is placed second. Um, but I think if you don't respect, if you can't, even, if you don't respect women, you're damn sure not going to respect a trans woman or a trans man, and vice versa, mm-hmm. going down that line. So I think once again, and it's like the seventh time. So if you have watched this, if you don't know who you are. And you don't understand yourself and what is wrong with you when you have when you have done wrong things like treating women bad or treating trans women bad or treating queer people bad. You need to really look down and deep dive and get some therapy talk space. Um, I don't have a code for you, sweet pea, but <laughs> talk space is three hundred fifteen dollars a month. Don't charge. I'll tell let you know it works. Okay, my therapist is lit. You need to take your ass on down to talk space. It's an app, so you don't got no excuse. So you need to get your ass a real therapist. Because a lot of y'all be afraid of therapy, people be having all these problems and wondering why your relationship ain't working out, why you ain't got no friends, why the queer people hate you, why black women hate you, why this, this, everybody hates you. And you sitting in your room like, why everybody hate me? Because your ass don't know how to act. So that's what people mm-hmm. need to do. You need some therapy. I think everybody needs therapy. Um, and that's what you need to go and take your ass on down to do. Yeah. Tevin? <laughs> Hi. Do you think that the hatred of womanhood um, plays into um, the hatred of the hatred towards, um, you know, queerness and like um, trans women and trans men, as Brandon stated? I think it's an amalgam of all of that. I don't think that it's just like a one identifiable thing. Um, I think that it's it's multifaceted it's so much more than a lot of us can fathom um and i think that that's the best way that i can express my thoughts on it um i have a lot of opinions on that i i don't understand why there's hate towards women in general um because we come from them we all have mothers, whether they're, you know, dead or alive, mm. in our life or not in our life. We all have mothers that gave birth to us that are allowed, you know, that, you know, allowed us to come into this world and live the life that we live. So to hate on women the way that a lot of men do, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and the way that these men, like, you know, take these women's life without a second thought doesn't make sense to me. And the fact that a lot of these men are not held accountable for their actions is even more infuriating. You know, it's just, there's way too much that's happening to women. There's way too, you know, there's way too much that women have to fear. And this goes for cis or trans women Mm-hmm. have to fear when they step out of their homes. Yeah. You know, me as a man, 
I feel like I can handle stuff on my own. I feel like I've always been the guy who, you know, if somebody's really getting on my nerves and doing something to me, I will stand up for myself. I don't have a problem with that. But I also know that, like, you know, it's not that way for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people shouldn't be put in that predicament where they have to feel like they have to fight for their life. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Tevin. Um, I definitely agree. We're coming close to the end. Um and I have like one last question and then we'll wrap up. My question is how can fashion and media do better in representing the LGBTQ community? Because I know that Tevin, you're in fashion and Brandon, you're in media and, and, you know, poetry and, and both are in the arts. So like how can these, um, mediums that, you know, access so many people, um, do better in representing the LGBTQ community as, and also in representing black queer men? I don't think it's a problem with the LGBTQ plus community because fashion is for the most part run by, um, you know, members of the LGBTQ plus community. Right. I do think they need to step up is this nonsense about, you know, not hiring black models for like, you know, certain designer shows and things like that. Um, something that started to become a little bit of a trend are these like virtual influencers that are like computer generated. Mm. And I think it's really ridiculous that they spend money on investing in having a virtual influencer do a photo shoot instead of paying a black model to do so. Yeah. You know, how about we look at that? How about we, you know, talk about the fact that black models aren't booking jobs and stuff and you have people that are booking jobs for just nothing. You know you're booking a job as a, a digital talent? Like, are you kidding me? There's there's one called Lil Michaela and I think it's A, it's creepy, number one. Number two, again, hire black models. You know what? Um, Adut um, Akech, I believe I'm saying her last name wrong, um, but she was model of the year. Um, Maria Burgos was model of the year. Um, I forget who else, but these are two black women that were model of the year. And there are so many other black models out there that if given the opportunity to show the work that they can do, could also snag model of the year because these women are beautiful. They do all sorts of amazing things. And I mean, there's the guys too, but you know, a lot of the times the guys are overlooked in general and that's across the board in fashion. But like, you know, allow these black models, you know, to shine, allow them to show you what they can do. And let's be honest, sometimes these clothes look better on us because our skin tone is able to carry the colors better. Just saying. Oh, and stop feeling the need to slap wigs and you know, <laughs> have our hair straightened and stuff for your shows. 
hire black stylists as well that know what to do with our hair. Yeah. Or invest your money in a stylist that is well versed in black hair. Exactly. I should never feel like I have to get my hair cut before I come on set for a photo shoot because you didn't feel it was important to hire a barber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, also, even though I'm not in the fashion world, you need to hire more darker skin models. You need to hire more plus size models, but you need your clothing should be in all sizes, all shades, all coats, all 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 all, all ethnicities, bitch. If that if that thing, if that clothing applies for a job, you should be able to check everything in the box. Like that, yeah, that, that's yeah. what your, your fashion should do. If you can't check all the criteria on a job application, then she shouldn't be applying. Um, for the media world or just like creativity in general, it's kind of one of those things. I know what I want, but I don't know what I want. Like, I know, I just want things to be more diverse, but that's such a bland, like, that's what white people say when they just want more of us in schools and shit and workplaces. But I do want it to be, I want to see more of more of my people winning. Um, I want to see, especially more of my queer people winning. I want, more of my queer people being mentored, my black queer people being mentored, I think if anything, um, I want I want us to be taken care of more in, in the in the media and creative creative realm. Um to actually be honed and not always have to learn on our own and have to there's nothing wrong with grinding, you know what I'm saying? I'm a grinder. Um no pun intended no app pun intended, but I am a grinder and I work hard. Um for what for where I've come from, but some I, I think the point is when you make it to a level, you're supposed to make it easier for other people like you, um, or more people in your community. And I need more people to do that. I need more people to like throw the ladder down and make it easier, like because it's hard out here. Because a lot of mindsets for a bunch of people is that like we already got one, we already got one nigga in here, we lit. We already got one faggot in here, we lit y'all. Boom, 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 like that. Right. And I need, I need, I just, I need more people that look like us up there because they're up there. I know they're up there. Mm-hmm. We, we, we know how to get in spaces. So I ain't no boo boo the fool. I know we somewhere up there. But I need, I need whoever that magical being is to throw the damn ladder down and help us. Um, when it comes to like black, black businesses and people being in the media in that lens or in the fashion world. Like, I need y'all, like Teflon, like, them bitches sold the fuck out. Like, and, you know what I'm saying? That's a huge thing for a black business. Like Supercent as well, you know, she does makeup. But, um, so that was a huge thing too. Like, mm-hmm. but the next thing is like teaching the girls how to be like you. And sometimes it doesn't always, I know sometimes you always have to make your money back, but some things don't always have to be money based. Um, cause at least the stuff I do when I give back, I don't give back expecting somebody to give me a $3,000 check or something. You know, I say I do it because whatever comes my way, I'm just thankful. I'm just, I'm just happy to have given back. So hopefully I will receive. So like mm-hmm. that, so I need more people to think like that. Um, mm-hmm. so that more people I look like them, I look like us can like make it up there. Um, cause there's space up there for us. And if, and, and if we, there's no space for us, what the fuck did Tyler Perry do? He said, fuck your space. I'm gonna have my space over here, girl. 
and look at him. He's the only per- he's the only um studio that's making still making shows right now, even yeah, with what's yeah. going on. So like, I just need more people with up there that are doing the things that we want to do, especially creative creatively, so that we can like secure our bags. Speaking yes, of yeah, yeah. Tyler Perry, though, one thing that frustrates me is like I love what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. I just wish that Tyler Perry would invest in quality in his productions. Oh, mm. we're not taking that away from you. You are absolutely right with that. That's all because, and like you know, somebody once told me, you know, he has his niche, right? But think of how much of a community that you serve by being, you know, a black man that has carved out such a space for yourself within that industry, right? And think about what you can do if you fully fleshed out your characters and made them multidimensional and explored other themes within your um, your productions that really mm-hmm. elevated our community, that really elevated the, you know, the experience of your productions for your viewers mm-hmm. that inspired something in them, you know, and I wouldn't be saying those things if I didn't see and believe in what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing is so much bigger than him. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely doing, even though, yes, I do agree. Like the, the plot could be better. Um, and all those things, he's definitely made his billions, you know, made his money and now he's building an airport and all that stuff. So hopefully he will, maybe his plan is to utilize like the success in other ways to help the community as opposed to like, good like really really good quality content you know Uh but But, do you um, think that his stuff will have longevity like that's my thing like if you create something that's quality it'll have longevity years from now it'll be considered classic film you know it'll be some mm -hmm. his work should be something that down the line people are going to study yeah you know because he is one of the first black men to do what he's done yeah it's definitely a conversation for um a future episode because you know creativity we have a lot of opinions on it um but i think we both we all can agree like he's definitely um he's working hard he's working he's working hard somehow you know um but i say this to say you know thank you guys so much for coming on the show today um i appreciate you um i love you i see you and i'm hearing from our conversation like obviously the most important thing is that you need to know who you are you know you need to know who you are practice discernment and um be comfortable in yourself so that you can be comfortable with others um so yeah thank you guys thank you for having us Thank you listeners for tuning into Squeamish, the podcast. Stay tuned for more amazing content. Whether it's serious to lighthearted topics, we've got you covered.